We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. On today's program, we're going to be talking about how often you set goals and how you measure them. A lot of people look at goal setting, and if you've heard of New Year's resolutions, that's a form of a goal that somebody is putting out there, whether it's to lose weight, it's to make more money. It's to not be so much of a shut-in. Hello, I'm totally there. I finally went to an actual networking, relationship working event last night, which was weird um, being in a room full of people and unmasked, which was extremely weird. But anyway, I digress. Um, As we look at what we're doing with goals and we look at how we measure them, There's a lot of issues that we need to be taking into account and how often we're actually setting goals. On that note, let me bring in Daniel and Patricia, and let's jump into our conversation. So as we look at goals, Daniel, Patricia, I'm going to throw it out to both of you. What would be the number one recommendation first, just in terms of having goals. And we've spoken about SMART goals and things along those lines in the past, uh, specific, measurable, attainable results and tested, but or timeliness. Um, how are we otherwise looking at goals in terms of what we're doing, where we're going, anything specific in terms of goals in general before we talk about how often we set them and how we measure them other than in a smart fashion? Well, I actually do some work with some clients on accountability in this area about setting goals. And so this is one of the things that we talk about. Uh, I think most people are familiar with the SMART methodology of coming up with goals. And Jennifer, you just rattled off (laughs) what those were. Um, For some people in some situations, that SMART approach to goals doesn't always do the trick. So let me back up just a step because I'm I'm diving in too quick to answer your original question. The most important thing is make some goals. Come up with something. Uh, Don't just go without goals. Don't just go with these kind of nebulous, vague ideas in your head and say, yeah, that's a goal. Um, Because if you don't spell it out, if you don't work on articulating what that goal is, it's really no better than a wish. It's no better than saying, well, someday... And we know someday never comes. Uh, What I find is limiting sometimes about SMART goals is uh, the very thing that makes a SMART goal so powerful is that it's time-bound, it's measurable, it's it's only going after certain uh, things to accomplish that SMART goal. The downside of that is 
it's limiting. It's time bound. It only goes after those certain things. And so sometimes that can be limiting for some people. Uh, so there are other methodologies. If you just want to Google uh, goal setting methodology, sometimes there are some other methodologies for uh, crafting or drafting your goal that make it a little more inclusive, that make it a little more aspirational so that you can achieve even more uh, than what sometimes you're bound into a SMART goal. And one of the most important limitations with a SMART goal that I work on with accountability with some of my clients is that a SMART goal does not take into account your environment, which sometimes we've talked about here, your environment can derail your uh, productivity and it does not take into account your habits. So if you've got bad habits already, those could be derailers for going after a goal. And the SMART methodology just in and of itself does not take into account some of those obstacles or hurdles or other derailing behaviors that you might run into. So if you find that you've had trouble getting your SMART goals accomplished, it may be that you need to look at a different goal setting methodology instead. So Patricia, before I bring you in, before I bring you in, let me just throw something out there, Daniel, and because it happened last night, and so for me, it's extremely timely, and because um, you mentioned it's no more than a wish if it's not something concrete. So a lot of people believe in manifesting whatever it is that they're looking for, and that's kind of looking at that it's no more than a wish. But the reason I say it happened last night is because I was talking with a woman who owns a, mas a massage and wellness studio. And she and I were talking and she was saying that she was really wanting to talk to me, possibly work with me and everything. And I gave a door prize last night um, at this group. And it was an hour profit acceleration session that I was giving at the event last night. And so I actually gave two of them. But the reason I say that is because she was saying so much, that's what I need. She actually won three of the door prizes last night, three or four, I forget actually. But whatever it was, you know, she manifested what she wanted and she put it out there to the universe. A lot of us, um, I myself have two vision boards sitting right in front of me. And that's another form of manifesting, even if it's not a typical goal, but it's putting a lot of things in a different way out there. So my question is, do you still feel the same about it's no more than a wish? Or is that, you know, something that maybe can work, but you still have to have a more concrete goal? if you really want something longer term to happen. Oh, here's a rabbit trail. Okay. <laughs> we can well, go. Most you people... know we love our rabbit holes here, so yeah. Most people don't have a clue when it comes to manifesting things, including <laughs> big name people out there who are selling how to manifest things. <laughs> Uh, so my first reaction, Jennifer, is, wait, you have a vision board, so you actually did make it a concrete visual sort of thing that you can touch? Oh, okay. 
<laughs> oh, that's how we're playing it, are we? <laughs> uh, and I also believe in uh, the psychology of something like that, too, where you're programming your subconscious. And now we're talking about, oh, what's that called? Is it reticular bias? Uh, what is it when you buy a car and all of a sudden you notice everybody else has the same car? So similar sort of thing. This is my belief about this, that uh, you're programming your subconscious to watch for opportunities because I believe opportunities are always available. Yeah. But sometimes we are not open to seeing that something is an opportunity. And so when we in set an intention like people are saying, I'm putting it out to the universe. My belief is that it's a subconscious psychological hack, which I am in favor of. And I <laughs> hack my subconscious frequently. Uh, we could have a whole conversation about that someday. Yeah. I'm putting that on our list. <laughs> All right. Patricia. Right. We you were wanted talking to about... chime in earlier. Right, right, right. So Daniel was talking about how it's great to set goals, but then you have this interference stuff. So you got to chart that stuff out too. Here's where I'm at. Here's where I want to be. What's the stuff that has to happen in the middle for me to be able to do that? You know, I need to get eight hours of sleep at night so that I can come to work and I can <clears throat> actually be productive. You know, um, I need, <clears throat> I need this kind of person to do this kind of this piece of the job for me or i need um you know i need this software or i need you know i don't know whatever it is right there's going to be a thing in there that you can you need to plug in and it's not just you you know digging for that goal and, and trying to get you know past your limitations you have to understand what you're good at what you're not good at what needs done and then find somebody or something to do that thing for you. You got to go with your strengths. And right. And I'm still so stuck on the eight hours of sleep. I know. Trust me. I, I sure am. And I know a lot of people are like, no, you can't. Um, I've been reading <clears throat> essentialism <clears throat> and I don't have the book down here, so I don't know who the author is, but at the, the stage that I'm at right now, he says that sleep is, probably the, the biggest productivity hack that you can do. A lot of people say, yeah, I can get by on, you know, six hours or five hours or four hours and you can scratch by with that, but you're, you're, you're running so handicapped when you have just that much sleep that you don't even know that you're handicapped. <laughs> Greg McKeown. Is that the book by Greg McKeown? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, as we look at having goals and we look at setting them, how often should we be setting goals? And I actually just had this conversation with one of my coaching clients yesterday um, in terms of looking at his goals and how he's measuring them. So I'd be curious to know what the two of you think as it relates to how often should we be setting goals? Again, a lot of people look, well, we're still in the first quarter of a year as of the time of this recording. So, you know, maybe the goals that I set for the year are still valid. But should I be setting goals by the quarter? Should I be setting goals on specific 
times. What are the ways that we look at goals before we jump in more other ways that we're potentially measuring and what we use to measure our goals? Mm -hmm. Yeah, big question. So this year I set myself what for me is an astronomical goal based on past production. (laughs) Um, So I've got your goal and then I have a quarter goal and I've been learning to limit that quarter goal to like one, one goal, just one thing. What are you doing? This one thing. And then everything funnels into that. Have I been good at keeping that? Uh, No. (laughs) Oh yeah, I could do this. Oh yeah, I can do that one. Does it, does it funnel into the main goal? Does it funnel into the main, the focus that I'm using to achieve that goal? I don't know, not all of it. Um, so you said, you said a year goal, you said a quarter goal. And then of course, each month you're going to have goals and every week you're going to have goals. And actually every day you're going to have goals. And some days I think those goals are going to change depending on life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, this ain't happening today. <laughs> But maybe it can happen. Yeah. Well, I would say a a similar thing. So with the, again, with the accountability work that I do uh, with some clients, um, we actually break it down into daily goals. We know that urgency, again, I'm going to go back to some psychology here of goal setting. We know that urgency tends to help people accomplish goals. We have, we've got decades and, you know, all kinds of data out there, um, you know, step into any corporation who always sets annual goals for their employees and your performance gets rated on it. And when does all of the activity get done toward those goals? It's in the last quarter of the year, isn't it? Yeah. When, because every, you just think throughout the year, well, I'll work toward my goals, but you can kind of just dink around a little bit. Until finally you get to the end of the year, that last quarter, and you realize, oh, I better hurry up and get this goal done. Because you've and got so, a hard deadline there. Exactly. Uh, so that urgency drives us a little bit. And there are a couple of systems out there that I know of, and there may be more as well, that are kind of based on that quarter uh, standpoint for the year. And uh, one simply says that um, the the adult attention span is only about 90 days long. We can only focus on something for about 90 days. The other just says, you know what? We get so much done in the last quarter of the year. Uh, what if we focused on quarters throughout the year? And, and there are other methodologies out there too. But if you take what would be otherwise your annual goal and say, this is what we're going to accomplish this quarter, and then ask yourself not... Ooh, can I do that? Instead say, how can I get that done? And then go to what Patricia was saying. Break that down into what needs to happen each week. And then what do I need to do each day? And this is what we focus on in accountability is uh, what are you doing today that will get you at least one step closer to accomplishing that goal? So as far as frequency of setting goals, I like to see uh, more frequent goals that will consistently move someone forward on the right steps. It's that consistency that's most important 
that typically we find lacking when we set annual goals. There's no consistency toward achieving those goals. So breaking it down into the daily steps is probably the most important thing to do. Yeah. And that's great in terms of looking at breaking it down into those steps and having the milestones as the check-ins that we're working on to watch what we're doing. Um, what is the best tool, though, if we're looking at watching those milestones? I mean, a lot of us, and Patricia mentioned earlier, she's got her year goal broken down to quarterly goals and things along those lines in terms of what we're looking at. But my question is, if we're trying to come up with those milestones that we need to keep tabs on, what would be a way that we would be able to start figuring out what those milestones or little check-ins would be to see how we're progressing on the overall goal? Is it simply saying, if I set a goal of, let's just say, $100,000 in revenue, that when I get every 25000 or every ten, that that becomes a check-in point? Is it something that I look at, well, how am I getting that? I need, you know, 30 clients to get that, and am I doing it by client? How am I breaking that down so that people that are listening can have a better understanding of maybe they're not doing it the best way, that they get a little bit of added benefit in tracking what that overall best way to track would be. Yeah, Jennifer, you just brought up something uh, very important there that I think we have to discuss. And this is a little bit off topic from the question. Um, then I'll let Patricia come back to the question. Um, but you just mentioned that uh, somebody may set a goal to accomplish $100,000 in additional revenue this year. And they're going to break it down and say, okay, well, then I need to get $25,000 in revenue each quarter. Those kind of indicators like that... Uh, first of all, we would say those are trailing indicators. Those come after you've done all of the work. The other thing that frequently happens with goals and why people fail to meet goals is they set a goal that's based on the behavior of someone else that they have no control over. The goal needs to be set based on behavior that's within your own control. I cannot go out, and unless I'm going to do something illegal, <clears throat> I cannot go out and force people to give me money. <laughs> so to set money as my goal is to set myself... No, 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 don't point that at me. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I, I should not set that as a goal because that's not within my control. But the things so that lead up that to it sense. are. But the things that lead up to it are. So I should set my goal based on things that I have within my control. So somebody who says I'm going to lose this many pounds uh, as a goal, that is within their control. 
you know, potentially. So the way that you set your goal can also, or what you choose as your goal can determine success or failure of goal setting as well. So I wanted to throw that out there real quick uh, first, but Patricia, I'll let you get back to the question now, if you remember what it was. <laughs> I don't actually. Um, <laughs> I just know we were talking about big goals and I'm like, oh, but I set a really big money goal for myself. Don't you dare tell me I can't do it. Yeah. Well, and I the know. The question was, what milestones? How do we set those milestones? Right. So, especially with a financial quest. milestone for myself, I figure that I'm ramping up. And yes, I need to average. For me, it's my goal is three hundred thousand this year. I need to average twenty-five thousand a month. But that means that I'm actually assuming that I'll make more in the more final months than I will in the beginning months. So I've got kind of a, mm -hmm. you know, a curved instead of a linear straight exponential line. growth curve. Yeah. yeah. More realistic. You know, it, it's, it's, it's what I've seen happen in the past. Yeah. A lot of that comes in the last quarter, but you know, I have to, I have to have some foundation for that. I can't just, Say, oh, I'm making 25000 this month and then beat myself up because I don't know what I'm doing to do it because that's what will happen. If, and, and I know this from experience. So I have to figure what can I use to set up for groundwork for, you know, next quarter and, and, the, and the, the rest of the year. So it does come back to what are those actions that I can control? But this is my goal. I have very specific reasons for that goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I've got some other goals that are kind of amorphous. So, it, it, you know, it's a little hard to quantify. So, like, I've got some health goals. One, yeah, losing weight. Have I been tracking that? No, but I've been watching what I eat. Not that we don't see what goes in our mouth anyway, but I've actually been watching what I eat. Um, you know, I've been getting more exercise. I actually, you know, blocked out time for that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm actually going to my doctor and getting some stuff done. So yeah, I'm working on those pieces. Am I there? No. And there's some pieces I haven't really worked on. So, mm -hmm. but it, especially for a financial goal like that, depending on where you're starting, you have to put things in place and, you know, ramp it up. Even if I have clients, you know, and I, I, I want to, you know, leverage it up. Well, then I still have to put things in place. I have to decide, you know, I'm going to ask people for referrals. I'm going to make sure I go through everybody and I ask them all for referrals, for example, or I'm going to add this to my offering because they need this service and they need this service at, you know, before or after during what I'm doing. But those, even if I'm outsourcing that to somebody else, I still have to go and find those people and build that relationship and, you know, get that kickback or whatever. <laughs> uh, and Jennifer, you did ask, um, I remember now <laughs> the early part of that question, you were asking about tools uh, to use to track goals and progress as well. 
And my initial reaction to that, uh, maybe people will feel the same way, the most important tool to use to track your goals and your progress is the one that you will use. So for some people, maybe that's having a, a paper calendar book of some kind, um, the old day timer, if you want to think about that. For some people, maybe it's sticky notes all over your desk and your computer monitor. Um, others may want to use something electronic. You may use a Trello board or something else that you're using to track your goals. And the more I thought about that, the more I thought, those are good, we need those, but quite honestly, I would say the most important tool to help you achieve your goals and track your progress would be some kind of accountability partner. Somebody that you check in with on a regular basis, maybe it's once a week, maybe it's daily, uh, like I do with my clients, um, but somebody to check in with and give a report and say, I got these done, I didn't get these done. Someone who will ask you the hard questions about what happened. Uh, how did you end up dropping the ball on that goal this week? And what can you do differently about it? Somebody who will supportively ask you the hard questions, I suppose. <laughs> I should clarify. <laughs> and just uh, to let all of our listeners know, Daniel, Patricia, and I are part of that accountability group that Daniel was just talking about, where we do meet every week uh, to talk about what's going on, what the issues are, where we stand to try and help each other, because that's exactly what we work on with our own clients, and we need to do the same in our own businesses, in our own lives, et cetera. And so it's really important as we're thinking about goals, as we're thinking about what it is that we're trying to do, how we are getting there, how we're doing what we are trying to do. And if we don't, what do we need to do to correct that? And how do we go about correcting it? And one of the things that I will throw out there, and um, we kind of alluded to it, in roundabout ways, but there are going to be times when things just don't go your way for whatever reason, right? I mean, I, for anyone that knows me really well and knows me personally, not just from the stage, knows that I'm really more of an introvert. And when I get up on stage and I'm out there and I'm talking and being all bubbly and everything, out there on stage, I still have to retreat into a little bit of downtime because I can't keep up the being out there all the time idea. And sometimes that does get in the way of goals because if I can't, you know, if I have an event, let's just say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I may not be able to keep my weekly goal for Thursday and Friday because I was so on for those three days before. And so there are going to be times that that happens and you have to give yourself permission to not make it. But what you need to do though, is you also need to have an idea. How are you going to address that as you continue moving forward? It's not that, oh, well, I didn't get it. So I'm just going to kick that aside and start over. It's how do you maneuver around those bumps in the road 
right? I mean, when COVID hit, nobody saw the pandemic coming. And well, I'm not going to say nobody, um, but most people didn't see the pandemic coming. And when it did hit and took such a toll on everybody and what we were doing, it completely changed a lot of what we were thinking. And so we need to look at what is it that we are doing and how we can possibly work around that that can make a difference as we continue moving forward. So as we look at wrapping up our conversation, I'm just going to ask you guys with this closing question, what happens when you don't meet your particular goal? I suppose (laughs) the natural consequences are I don't earn whatever it was that I was chasing after with my goal. (laughs) That would be the natural consequence. I guess the question is more not what are the outcomes, but how do you address it? There should definitely be um, a plan, do, check, adjust kind of a cycle. And I'm taking this from uh, manufacturing methodology. There's similar methodologies for all kinds of project management, right? Um, But the plan is that I would work on the goal. The do is to follow through. The check is, did I make my goal? And so there's an opportunity to do some lessons learned. So why did I not meet the goal this time? What happened? Uh, Was it just life, Uh, like Jennifer and Patricia have said? Was it that my goal was not set properly? You know, whatever the case may be. Uh, But do a little lessons learned on why that goal was not met. Then you've got an opportunity to adjust to do it differently going forward. Right. How do how how do I plan better next time? If I'm speaking in an event on we'll say Wednesday and Thursday, I've got, you know, some stuff I have to do. Right? Is that going to happen? If I'm speaking at an event. I'm going to have to take some downtime. Does that mean I need to take one day or two days? Does that mean that I can work on this project? Probably not. You know, so you have to you have to be able to know what you're functioning plan has to be right and i know on my own scheduling like you mentioned when i fly back east from vegas where i've been many times speaking when i fly back i typically take the red eye because it allows me after the program ends to connect with whoever i need to connect with and not worry about having to rush out straight to the airport to get back home But because I take the red eye and I rarely manage to get sleep on planes, (laughs) I get back here to the New York area and, you know, it's like five, six o'clock in the morning, depending what time that last flight out of Vegas is. If it's the 1130 or 1230, one o'clock flight, whatever, you know, the airline has as the um, last flight out, I know that that day is going to just be, I'm going to get home, jump in the shower and go to sleep for four or five hours and then get up and do whatever kind of errands I needed to do during the week that I wasn't able to get done in the house. And then, you know, if I still have time, then I can jump on my computer and try and 
start addressing whatever kind of fires I needed to put out that day before I look at anything else. So there's a lot of that, that like you both were saying, how do you adjust? How do you figure out what you need to do and where you go from there and what we are trying to do and what we are looking at ultimately getting from our goals. And so in a lot of those ways, you want to really be constantly evolving with your goals, not having it set just once a year. You want those goals looked at multiple times because sometimes you also have to adjust them. If you realize that you set a million-dollar goal for the year and it's October and you're at $100,000 raised for the year, you really need to think, well, is the million dollars still realistic? Or do I need to tone it down a little bit based on what I need to do to reach for the last quarter? And so it may be a quarter goal, it may be a year goal, whatever it is, think about what you need to do and still make those adjustments because goals are just that, they're goals. Maybe next time you will get that goal matched, but for right now, maybe you just need to tone it down a little bit so that you're going to be better posed better positioned next time to be prepared to meet that goal, but not only meet it, exceed it. And on that note, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters, where we are dedicated to your success. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring, and here's to your success. Thanks so much, and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line that matters.